0: Welcome to the Brookwood Church Ministries podcast. In the next six weeks, we're going to talk about the mystery of marriage. And as we break down the scriptures, we're gonna be looking at Ephesians 5, 21 through 33, and the roles for wives in marriage and husbands in marriage. Yeah, so let's join the care pastors from Brookwood Church as they discuss the mystery of marriage. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for uh, joining us again on the Care Ministries podcast here at Brookwood Church. My name is Gene Beckner, and I'm the Care Ministries pastor. I'm here with Doug Wildman and Joshua J. Masters. The Joshua the J. Joshua J. Oh, Masters. Man, I'll never let uh, it down. Our associate care <laughs> pastor's here. And Katie is at the helm in our production area. You want to say, hey, Katie? Hey. All right. We're glad you're here, Katie. We are. So we are continuing... Uh, in our series about the mystery of marriage. And uh, I just need to say, we have spent an inordinate amount of time preparing for what is like 15 to 20 minutes. Yes. (laughs) And it's like, it's crazy. Every time we go to prepare for this, we end up having like an hour and a half discussion. And so you guys are getting like the cliff notes of it. You guys are getting just the abbreviated part of it. So I just want to let you know that if you are listening... This has been well thought out, and there's lots of value in what we're getting ready to say. Oh, boy. <laughs> Would you no guys pressure. agree with that? <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. pressure? At all. The setup, yeah? yeah. Isn't that good? Yes.
1: Um, we should probably record those conversations and then charge a premium, like a membership. Oh, there we go. And then you get the two-hour yes, version. Yes. You
0: got to pay 99 cents for the <laughs> premium part. So we're going to talk about uh, for the next two weeks. Actually, we're going to talk about. Uh, the man's responsibility in marriage. Uh, we're still dealing with Ephesians 5, uh, 21 through 33, and uh, we're going to be talking specifically um, about how God sees the man's role in marriage. We will also be talking about the the wife's role. I want to bring us back to Ephesians 5, 21 again. And This is the uh, scripture that says that we are supposed to submit to one another. Husbands and wives are supposed to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, we talked about that last week, Um, but it's worth repeating probably every week that that is how this whole thing starts. It's supposed to be mutual submission under the headship of Christ, and so— As you're listening to this podcast, and I think Josh said this very well when we were discussing uh, earlier, is use this as a time of self-reflection and self-examination, not spousal examination or spousal reflection, like, oh, this would be good for my husband or this would be good for my wife. But But to look at yourself and say, you know, what is God saying to me? About my role as a husband? And then when we get, when we're talking about the wives in a couple weeks, what is God saying to me about my role uh, as a wife? And then just to repeat something that we said last week, if you are in a place where you feel there's abuse going on, then please give us a call and there'll be a number at the end of the podcast where uh, we can get you help and we can get you connected to resources that can help you. Because so I think it's important to say that, that not every marriage is at a place where the things that we're talking about are going to be helpful. And if that's the case where you are, then let us come alongside you and, and get you help. Exactly. Okay. So um, so as we start this, again, God's design for marriage was oneness. God's desire for marriage was complementary roles. And so uh, as we talk about the man's role, uh, let's keep that in mind that there is another half to this.
1: That's exactly right. What is the man's role? And we always want to be looking directly at what Scripture says. And I think Gene said it great last week when he said, you know, don't think you know what it says. Let, let's let be open-minded to what God has to say to us through the Word. So Gene just read, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Then we skip down to verse 25, and this is sort of the mission statement. Men like having missions, right? So this is the mission statement. Verse 25, for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. So what does that say the mission of the husband is? It says that it's to build up the wife in Christ, to facilitate and encourage her spiritual growth, and to lead her to holiness, and holiness being set apart. So how are you helping your wife be set apart for the purpose that Christ has in her life? So how do we do that? Well, this says that we do that by loving her, the same way that Christ loved the church, and Christ loved the church by giving up his life. So if that's the model that we're being being given, what I see there, and gentlemen, tell me if you disagree, but what I see there is that means that our life needs to be given up for our wives, that our entire life is dedicated to the mission of bringing our wife into alignment with Christ, into making her holier, which means set apart for the purpose that God has for her.
0: Yeah. How do you you read that? Yeah. and, And I think you said something that's very important is, is that your entire life and, and you may get into this and we may discuss it, but, but men who have this belief that I'm to provide for my wife. So therefore I work 80 hours a week and I give her all the material possessions and I pay the bills and so, therefore, that's where my responsibility ends. But that's not the picture that we're seeing in Scripture.
1: That's being off mission. Yes. That's being off it, mission.
0: It. And I think I, it's 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 possibly the right spirit. You, your yeah. heart may be in the right place, but it could be wrong theology. You know, you could think. I think there's a scripture that talks about if you don't provide for your family, you're worse than an infidel. And so people so men are like oh well my job is to is to work and provide the the um the monetary benefits mm-hmm. the the house and the car and the spending money and all those kinds of things but then he has nothing left he doesn't ha- he he it's uh, he's unable to do the part that you're talking about because he's given it all up in one area of yeah. and thinking well hey I've died to myself because I'm doing all these things for my wife. And now she is nagging me about doing the dishes and spending time with the kids and going Mm -hmm. on vacation and all those kinds of things.
1: So I think that that's where the examination comes in, the self-examination. We have to evaluate our lives because if there's things in our lives, even if they're good, sometimes there are good things in our lives. Working Mm -hmm. hard is good. We don't want to devalue the work that men are doing or that women are doing. But if there are things, even if they're good, that are get in the way of the mission,
2: yeah.
1: which is to bring holiness and connection with God for you and your wife, mm-hmm. then you need to evaluate how to make changes. And I would even say for the wife, if you're still listening to this, that what expectations do you have that might make the husband feel like He's got to do these things because you may need to evaluate your entire lifestyle. I had to do that. My wife, Jean and I had to do that. And we did that by going through Financial Peace University mm-hmm. because we did not treat our money in a godly way. Mm-hmm. And we needed to make changes to our lifestyle in order to honor God. So that's one area to
0: examine. And, and one thing to add to that, too, and I know we've said this before, is if you're not married and you're thinking, oh, this isn't for me, this is for folks already married, Look at your tendency of where you spend your time, Mm -hmm. whether you're in a relationship or not, you know, knowing that this is the mission for you as a man, this is what's in front of you. Do you find yourself, if you're in a relationship, working a lot of hours and not really having, you know, just kind of giving your leftovers to the person that you're in a relationship with? And then if you're a female and you're in a relationship, where is he spending his time? You know, Mm -hmm. you could make some changes even now Mm -hmm. so that you're not five or 10 years into a marriage and then going, oh, man, we're in this place where we can't really get back from or it feels that way.
1: And the key always with so many things that we talk about in spiritual growth and in healing is where is your focus? Mm -hmm. What is the main point of your focus? Because if it's away from growing your wife then what changes have to be made. So one way to think about that is if we've been given a mission, let's say that you're at work and you've been put into a leadership role. Now you have a boss, but you are also a supervisor of others. And your mission at your company is to make chairs. Well, yes, you're in leadership, just like a husband is in leadership in his household. But if you're in your job at the company that makes chairs, And you say to all the people that you're leading, I don't want to make chairs. Today we're going to make slippers. Okay, now you're off mission. Mm -hmm. And your boss is going to come have a word with you. Um, So our lives are the same way. We can be doing good things. There's nothing wrong necessarily with the slippers in your life, except you're supposed to be focusing on making a chair. Mm -hmm. And what God has asked you to make is a godly home. Yeah, yeah. And so that needs to be the main focus. But the problem is that none of us are actually capable of that. Right. I am not capable of that. So you need to be doing for yourself what we're saying you need to also be doing for your wife. Mm -hmm. Because if you are not connecting and leading yourself into agreement with God, into unity with God, it is impossible for you to lead your wife there. You can't lead where you haven't gone. And this is especially true in marriage because, as Doug explained so well last week, marriage is about reuniting one flesh. So what you do spiritually for yourself affects your wife. What you do spiritually for your wife affects you. A little bit further down in the passage, it says, "...in the same way husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself." Mm -hmm. If you dishonor your wife, you're actually dishonoring yourself because she's part of who you are now. Yes. And so no matter how hard you work to provide, God's desire is for you to have the energy and the will to put your wife and your family first. And otherwise we need to evaluate that.
0: And I think one thing to remember too is as yourself... Examination uh, continues to occur to realize you, you want to take steps. You're not going if, if you feel like you're way off base. Uh, and we did this at the beginning of the year when we talked about revolution, you know, take some practical steps that will start you on that path back. Yeah. So, for instance, if you're not doing a devotion, don't pick a devotion that's going to take an hour you know, like Perry uh, has said from stage, five minutes a day, five days a week. Mm-hmm. Start somewhere and let God direct your steps. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times what happens is, is people hear this or they go to a marriage class or conference and they, they're going to do it all. And then two weeks later, we're back in the same situation we were in because you can't make that drastic a move. Mm-hmm your flesh is going to come back against you and want to go back to the way things were. Right. And so as you're saying, Josh, it's impossible without God to do this. Yeah. You have to have his spirit leading you through the process.
2: Yeah, another thing we were talking about when we were preparing was the fact that husbands, if you're listening to this, you, it, it's incumbent upon you to be, um, like Josh said, connected to Christ, um, but also to speak the truth in love um, to our wives. These are not um, these are not you know teachings that we ourselves come up with. We are actually um, so intimately related to God that we are we are bringing what God is saying to us um, to our wives. Uh, if you notice, well, first of all, let me ask you guys a question. What do you think the most common complaint of wives is uh, in a in a marriage uh, counseling situation? Any ideas? Oh, Katie just raised her hand.
0: <laughs> loading, loading the dishwasher incorrectly.
2: Actually, that is pretty close. Um, one of the most com- not loading the dishwasher. That that's it. <laughs> not right taking there. the no, trash no. out. No, no. Actually, uh, what did one of the most common ones that I hear. Um, from from the ladies is, my husband never listens to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I will ask them the question, and what does that tell you when he doesn't listen to you? And what she will inevitably say will be, it means that he doesn't really love me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that that is what the man is intending to communicate, but that's what comes across. But kind of flip this on its head a little bit. You know that the reason why the curse came to the earth was because Adam actually listened to his wife. Pregnant pause. Um, So he listened to his wife. She was actually going in a direction that was not God's will. And so Adam's sin was a sin of passivity. He just kind of sat back. And he went along with what his wife was suggesting. And so he didn't man up and he didn't say, no, hold on a minute. God told us that we shouldn't touch this fruit. Um, Unfortunately, what I see with a lot of guys, it's exactly the same thing. It may not look like passivity, but it is because what they're saying is, man, I don't want to make waves. My wife is going to get super upset if I say this. Um, but I think that we have to, as men, there are going to be times where we have to stand up for what is right and what is true, you know, in the name of Christ. And if we're honest, that can bring some negative consequences. That's where our leadership needs to step up. Of course, we're, I'm, I'm saying, and we should be doing this in the right spirit. Matthew 20, um, in verses 25 to 28 talks about how the Gentiles, the nations, when, they are, when they're rulers, they, they like to take that leadership and lord it over um, the people that are under their authority. But Jesus put a different spin on it. He says, "'Whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you should be your slave.'" even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So that's kinda of what we're called to as as men, is, yes, we are called to be the head of our home. But what that entails is telling the truth, being truthful regardless of what the consequences that might actually be. Um but to to handle that with care, because our wives have been entrusted to us, and so we need to love them in the same way that Christ loved the church.
0: And he loved the church confrontationally. Yes. Because when he came back, he angered the, the Jewish church because of what he was saying. He was basically telling them in different situations, you're, you're whitewashed tombs. You're, you're not in the right place. You know, we've talked openly about Jesus telling um, the the church, "Hey, you read the scriptures, and you think you're saved, but hey, you missed it. You missed mm-hmm. me in the scripture." Right. And so, Jesus wasn't afraid to confront the church yep. because it was for their good. It's the same thing with with men loving their wives in a way that invites them into unity with Christ and with the husband. And sometimes that's a difficult conversation. And you're right, the the leadership of the household is not going to occur unless I am allowing God to direct my steps.
1: That's exactly you
0: right. You can't, and you said it perfectly earlier, Josh. You can't, you can't lead someone somewhere where you haven't gone. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one thing that I hear a lot. Man, this is this is for us that a lot of women are like, I'm, I want him to lead, mm-hmm. but he's not, and they get frustrated. Now, when we talk about the women in a couple of weeks. The flip side of that is when men start to lead, sometimes women rebel against it and they push back. But as men, we're called to lead. That's
1: exactly right. And
0: we've got to learn not to allow the consequences to keep us from doing that.
1: Exactly. But I think a big clarification to that is the reminder that when Jesus was confronting the Pharisees— and he was confrontational sometimes. He was always compassionate. Yes. And he always said multiple times the son can only do what he sees the father doing. Yes. So when he was confronting, it was in complete alignment with yes. God. Yes. It wasn't about what he wanted, yes. it was about the will of God. That's huge. Yeah. Which is the responsibility of the husband. It's not about being right, it's about leading your family in the will of God. Yeah, not a personal preference. Or, exactly. Yeah. But one struggle I think that there is in the world, or at least in our society, is many times when the women say, I want my husband to lead, which is what you just referenced, Gene, is we've come to a place in our culture where many times the woman is a little bit more spiritually mature than the husband because the husband hasn't been engaging. Right. But I think it's important for the husband to know that's not an excuse. You can step into where you are spiritually Mm -hmm. leading your wife and your family, even if she is a little bit more spiritually mature than you. And you should have the maturity to get wisdom from her in the areas that she understands. But that doesn't mean you can't lead because part of leading is recognizing the people that you're leading and what their skills are. Mm -hmm. So you can use your wife's Um, relationship with Christ to inform and make your leadership stronger. So no matter where you are, even if the wife is a little bit more spiritually mature, you can still step into that leadership role wherever you're at.
2: Yeah. Well, it kind of comes back to the very simple message, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And within that fulfills all that is written. I mean, really, that's a message to children. If you get that right, if everything that else right. falls into place. Right.
0: Yep. Right. And again, I think as we're closing, we are for marriage. We are for men. We are we are for women. We're pro, what God wants to be pro about. You know, we are, but we also have to be honest enough to look in that mirror, and to say, you know what? Here are some places that. I'm weak in, I'm deficient in, I don't do well in, because that's where God is at his best. You know, in our weakness, he's strong. And so if you find your yourself listening to this podcast and you're in a place where you're like, man, that all sounds good, but I am starting at negative one, um give us a buzz, give us a call, you know, email us so that we can walk alongside you because uh, we would love to do that. We would love to, to help be a part of restoring a marriage and, and restoring a, uh, a man in his relationship with, with the Lord. Um, we're excited because uh, next week we're going to have a guest speaker who is going to talk about his perspective on marriage, and it is none other than our executive pastor, David Hardy, And so uh, we are looking forward to uh, the wisdom that uh, he's going to bestow upon us. So uh, make sure you check us out again next week. So with that, let me pray for us, and we will head off into the sunset. God, I thank you for your word. As challenging as it is, Lord, it's what's best for us. And so, Lord, I pray that... Uh, Ephesians 5, 21 through 33 will become uh, a part of us and that we will learn how to uh, institute it into our lives. And Lord, show us the, the benefit of it. Lord, show us the fruit that comes from following your word and your guidance. And Lord, anyone listening to this whose marriage needs your touch, Lord, I pray that there'll be agreement between husband and wife to seek out first you, but then also other help as, as is needed. And it's in your son's name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information on today's topic, or if you need support, call 864-688-8355, or visit our website at www.brookwoodchurch.org.